Welcome to Notes to My Legal Self. Together, we explore topics of interest to in-house lawyers. We cover career, practice tips, leadership, the future of law, mental health, legal tech, and much, much more. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Let us know. Self-nominations are encouraged. They're an act of courage. Want to get the most from this conversation? Ask questions, comment, like, follow, say hello. In short, engage. Finally, have fun. In-house legal practice is a serious business, but you don't have to take yourself seriously. Let's begin. Here's your host, Olga Matt. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Notes to My Legal Self in 2023. Um, exciting stuff. I know a lot of you are setting goals, thinking about how we're going to make this year productive. Um, and today's conversations is very much about the future and how to make it brighter. We're going to talk about standards, how we're going to embrace that part of law, and how we're going to include everyone on this journey. I have exciting guests with me today, and um, in the, without further ado, I'll let Damien to introduce himself. Hi, I'm Damien Real. I'm one of the leaders of Sally, the legal data standard. And uh, my day job is with Fastcase Docket Alarm, uh, where I have a large data set of 700 million documents. Uh, but <laughs> Sally is the reason for I'm talking right today. Okay. And Jim, why don't you introduce yourself? So, hi, Jim Hannigan, Director of Legal Project Management, Cobblets, Pat Duffy and Bass in San Francisco, a law firm. Um, I, uh, I've been, I'm one of the leaders of Sally. I've been, I've been for a number of years. And just uh, here to you know, you know make the pitch and 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 get the mission known because we're very excited about all the things we're doing. You are guys building some really exciting stuff. Uh, before we talk about Sally, and I promise we will definitely go deep and wide. Uh, it's a topic that has been of interest to me for a long time uh, because I do think that standardization is the future of law. Um, just how how did one get up in the morning and decide to do this? <laughs> I, I would what, say, what, what was the route? What happened? What happened there? I, I would say that both, uh, not to speak to for Jim, but uh, there was a need, there has been a need for the last 40 years to standardize the industry. That is, everyone is, is collecting the same things, uh, but they're doing uh, so in the proprietary format. Um, so the need for interoperability amongst all the stakeholders, that is amongst law firms and clients and vendors, uh, has been a need for the last 40 years uh, that I know Jim and I have both felt. Um, and so Sally is really an opportunity for us to be able to standardize the, the world of the legal data. So that is, uh, that's what gets me up in the morning. Jim, what me, about you? <laughs> yeah, for me, it was more, a little more practical immediately at the point, uh, initially rather, um, in a role at a law firm, previous law firm in project management, pricing, and innovation, I was just frustrated by the lack of standard data to make the, the, the change how we do business. And I saw, I heard about uh, the initial flowering of Sally uh, way back seven years ago and figured, wow, this is really to me it because this, this will make us have data that we can use and make lawyers uh, understand and react to better because the reaction was always, oh, the, that data is wrong, I can't use it. So it was very hard to get any traction. 
So, so how did it happen? Um, w were you in a, at an event, or uh, were you just uh, socializing? What happened? Like, what how, a, how did it happen? It was a, a form of an old conference called P three. P the P's stood for Project Manager Pricing and Process Improvement, and a group of uh, individuals there decided that this is really something that the industry could use. Um, Toby Brown, Adam Stock, Justin Ergler, I think uh, Mark Medici were some initial uh, in, involved people. And I heard about it through a person at my firm, and uh, we started the having meetings, and it just grew from there. I love it. Uh, and I, and I first go ahead. Uh, sorry, I, I first learned about it at uh, I was at Stanford's Codex, and Toby spoke at Codex about Sally. And I had just finished working at Thomson Reuters, uh, where I was building a large project, which was incorporating a lot of the things that Sally is doing. And so when I heard Toby speak at Stanford Codex, I thought, of course, of course, this is the solution uh, to the problems that the industry has. And so uh, yeah, uh, for him to have uh, that platform at Stanford's Codex was uh, was my first introduction. I think we were at the same event because <laughs> I, I think I remember that talk and and I love that Toby comes up a few times in this conversation. I bet you his ears are burning. Um, so let's talk about progress. Um, where you guys started, it, you know, it sounds like you've been at it for seven years. Where you are today, where we're going. We don't have to say it all at once, but maybe one at a time. Where. Um, you know, where we've been, where we are, where we're Let going. Let me talk about where it started, and then Damon can take get into where we are now. So where it started really was about matter, high-level matter categorization. Uh, uh, so, you know, the area of law, the work, the jurisdiction, you know, all the key points that we care about when we talk about what a matter is, the substance of a matter. And, and since then, we've expanded into many other use cases and many other deeper data um, dimensions than that. But that was the core. That was the initial, uh, you know, impetus, just to have something uh, standardized to explain what the a matter was about. What is was really what what is the legal substance and also the work that the lawyers are doing. Damien, you want to take it from there? Sure. Uh, yeah. And so the the implementation uh, part of it is uh, is started with, as Jim said, the areas of law and the type of matter uh, industries, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, Getting implementation was tricky because I, it was largely people would look at, uh, at that point, it was about a thousand uh, data points, uh, including area of law, industry, and service provided. And they say, oh, you don't have documents or you don't have you know causes of action or you don't have all of these things. Um, so largely we've expanded uh, from uh, the release of version one, which was in 2020 of about 1,500 things uh, that matter. And we've vastly expanded that to about 10,000, now more than 10,000 today. Um, so that is largely uh, a, a, a people that have said, oh, you don't have the things I need. Um, now say, oh, gosh, you actually have all the things that I need and then some. Um, and so really, that's really expanded uh, the implementation where now we have uh, all the major players. And the people of P3, the initial use case was about pricing and fees, right? So if I'm a law firm, I respond to an RFP, I have to go my data clean to make it that that client to understand what I'm talking about, all the work that goes into that and the clients decide the same issue, right? All the data they're getting from firms, how do we know it's similar and con con consistent, right? So that was the initial use case, but we've expanded to many others that we'll go into, I think, soon. But um, just to give you that background about what we were about originally. Okay. Um, I love that. And so let, let's talk about adoption. Like where we are today, seven years of a lot of hard work. You went from maybe a few data points to now quite a few data points. Um, tell me, tell me where you are. 
Yeah, I, I would say that uh, I've I've used this analogy that uh, for uh, I joined started uh, with Sally in 2020. Uh, I felt like we were pushing a boulder up a hill, uh, trying to first raise awareness of what Sally is in the first place, and then to get adoption. Um, I would say that in the last six months to nine months after the release of version two in March of 2022, um, that boulder is no longer going uphill, but it is rolling very quickly downhill. In that everybody is saying, "Okay, Sally is the solution. How do I implement Sally?" Um, so the types of people, and I'm going to share my screen in a moment here, the types of uh, organizations that are uh, doing implementing Sally are impressive uh, in ways that uh, you can see here that uh, all the major players, uh, that is uh, the Thompson Reuters and Lexus and Fastcase and Latera, um, document management, I manage, DocuSign, uh, we also have you know Gibson Dunn and Goldston Stewart's and uh, Perkins and then in-house folks like Microsoft and Intel. Um, everyone is adopting Sally uh, and implementing it uh, and that uh, no, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. And so the crowd you see on your screen right now is is really uh, really makes the boulder roll much faster downhill. I love that crowd. It's like everyone I never heard of. <laughs> it's, it's a very impressive list. So tell me, I'm just curious. So what happened in March? I mean, March seems like a magical moment. What happened in March? <laughs> I, I can start and maybe Jim can cover. We released version two of uh, of the LMSS, which is the Sally standard. Uh, version two is different than version one in that it went from 1,500 things to about more than 10,000 things. So that's about almost a tenfold increase of the number of things that we're counting. Um, secondly, we moved from uh, Excel spreadsheets uh, into X XML. Uh, and that way, it's now easier for uh, firms to, and uh, corporations and vendors to implement. Uh, therefore, uh, it's more uh, more likely to be able to be useful to the tech people who are actually implementing that. So I think between those two things, the massive expansion of the number of tags uh, and then the easier implementation uh, through XML um, and the web ontology language, uh, OWL, uh, that we're using, I think those are the two things that are the biggest th uh, ways that uh, put us over the tipping point. Well, I think that's all true, but I think it was also... Um a culmination of all the work over the years. I, I think that it was stars lining up with the stakeholder types, seeing it, uh, all the work of marketing and, and publishing you know, articles and doing these kinds of things. We've been doing this for many years. I think it was just, a, you know, it, it, it just starting to happen. I, I think as well as the technical uh, and um, the content um, advancements we made. Um, I really do feel it was just a matter of um, getting uh the right people also the right people well let me say one other thing we found the right people the organizations it took a long time to find who do we need to target at both at all the different stakeholder types to make it happen and that also is, is bearing fruit now uh, one, one other thing I think that is the the happy uh, constellation of things that have uh, been going on is that we are uh, there currently the industry is focusing on uh, being able to uh, interoperate uh, that is to be able to uh, have one organization uh, speak to another organization largely through APIs uh, and so uh, I'm, as I share my screen here there's uh, there are three types of stakeholders for Sally uh, one is the clients the corporations uh, the second is law firms and the third is vendors um, and so uh, there has been uh, API work in the last several years that uh, pushes us over that all of these entities need to talk to each other. Um, but everyone is using different uh, ways. Uh, you know, if I'm saying banking law, um, there are different ways to express banking law. So to be able to build those APIs is really hard. And so where Sally fits in to say, hey, rather than using our proprietary ways to express banking law, why don't we use the standard metadata, the standard tag? 
that is banking law. And so that the three types, clients and firms and vendors are able to interoperate. Um, so the API explosion that's happened in the last year or two um, is really helping this because everyone uh, on all three of these realize that there's not just you know three vendors, but there's many vendors and there's many law firms and there's many clients and all of these people in the ecosystem need to talk to each other. And Sally is the way that we can talk to each other. And so when we talk about benefits of talking to each other for, you know, just to connect the dots for the listeners and uh, what, what, what is the benefit and, and, and how, how will it help individual uh, contributors, whether it's a law firm or corporate or a vendor provider, um, and how will it sort of help the ecosystem as a whole? I can start. Maybe the one way to do it is to be able to have standard API uh, queries. Uh, so anyone who's implemented an API system uh, is that, uh, you know, if you want to interact with a vendor, for example, uh, you may have 50 fields that you need to be able to connect. Um, and it's really a, a hard uh, job to map those your 50 fields to the vendor's 50 fields. Um, it's hard for you as the client, and it's also hard for the vendor to be able to do that mapping for all of that. So Sally is a way to be able to benefit, uh, to be able to say, hey, uh, we could do that mapping for 50 fields, or each of us can map to Sally, and then we can use Sally as the universal translator for not just this vendor, but for all the vendors that you're using. And the vendors can say, oh, I can map it not just for this uh, law firm or this in-house client, but for all the in-house clients. So that's really the way that the the, uh, the interoperability works is that everyone, rather than having a bespoke way that they talk about things, uh, they have a standardized way to talk about the tags. Yeah, and so it, it both um, helps individual organizations because of all the systems they're trying to integrate. Uh, being on one data platform makes all that data work together, right? As opposed to being siloed. But then in terms of interoperability across the ecosystem, all the use cases can talk to each other, you know? So all the software vendors that maybe have one use case they solve, they need data from other ones that um, it's hard to get right now. But if you can get it, then you can make those products better. You can make all the products better and all the analytics tools we want much more, much better and have much more capability and um, possibility in terms of what they can do. Because right now they're stuck with data that's just limited. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a, a future vision as well as the current, you know, efficiencies. Game. And I'll give a I'll give a concrete example of, of that kind of interoperability is that Jason Barnwell of Microsoft is using Sally. And uh, one of his use cases, he's got several, but one of his use cases is that Jason said within Microsoft, he's got two business units, both of whom need to be able to track two types of things. Uh, the first type of thing is what regulator is regulating them, FTC, FCC, et cetera. And then the second part is which regulations are they being regulated by? So he said uh, each of the two business units has to create a list of regulators and regulations by which they're uh, being regulated. He's using Sally as a way to be able to connect those, to be able to say, okay, Sally has FTC, Sally has FCC, uh, and Sally has all the regulatory agencies as part of it. Um, it also has the regulations. Uh, so he's using Sally to connect those two business units. And then as a side benefit, he's saying all of the law firms that I'm working with, show me all of your FTC things tag up with Sally, uh, all of your FTC things, all your FCC things, et cetera. So that way, both of his business units can talk to each other and the law firms that they're hiring can also talk in a standardized way. That's just one example of how um, Microsoft is using it to be able to uh, both interoperate internally within business units, as well as externally with law firms and vendors. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love the, this example. But uh, anyway, I love that we gave a shout out to Toby now to Jason. Those are some of the luminaries in, in our field who are doing some wonderful work. Um, I love that. Um, I think you don't appreciate 
um, how hard it is to talk within your organization until you are in a big organization. And I had a pleasure of being in big and small and this ability to make conversation happen in your big organization is actually is real. I, I now have seen it in more than one place. Um, and uh, I love that Jason is connecting various units um, to to help the organization move forward and then connects it with outside. That's a, that's a very big mission for in-house department, especially for in-house department of, of essentially of, you know, 5,000 employees or more. That's definitely going to be your challenge for sure. Maybe even at a thousand employees. Um, so let's talk a little bit about future. And then I want to talk about sort of examples and various initiatives that are going on. Um, I'm just curious if you were to articulate success, you know, when you, you know, when you're looking a year from now, because, you know, we're planning 2023, when we were planning uh, five, 10 years from now, what is the definition of success? You know, what would you like to achieve looking back and say, we did some great work? What would that be? Uh, I would say uh, that the, initially we want to be able to, uh, Google has the uh, the motto that they want to organize the world's information. Uh, that, that's a very bold motto. I would say that Sally has a similar motto, that we at Sally want to organize legal data uh, in the organization. Uh, that is, we want to be able to say, if it matters in the law, both to the substance of law and to the business of law, we want to count it. We want to because both of those things matter as to things uh, that are in the business of law. For example, uh, how much does a deposition cost? Well, it depends. Is it a patent infringement deposition or is it a slip and fall deposition? Um, that will move the pricing up and down. Um, so, patent infringement and slip and fall those are both uh, those are both substantive areas. Uh, but pricing is the business of law. Uh, so, really, we count both. We count the substantive areas and the business of law. And so, uh, I would say in the future, uh, I think success would mean that everything that matters to those two spheres, that is the substance of law and business of law, we want to be able to count them and standardize them for the entire industry to be able to interoperate with those things. Yeah, and to tag along on that, I mean, so just so people are reminding people where we are, we're a nonprofit, we don't do implementation. We help people, implement. we are just building a taxonomy and we're trying to get adoption of the taxonomy. So to, to us, success is really just adoption of not the entire taxonomy by everybody. It's impossible, really. The taxonomy is like a grocery store. You pick and choose what you need. But to the to us, success would be in two years, three years, five years, more and more uh, buyers, sellers of legal services and vendors of software are using the tags to share data. And and that and they're using, they're saying, here's Sally tags we can use and we can interop, inter, interchange our data much more effectively. That's really what we're all about. And, and Sally is not... An organization that is, you know, we're not a standards body that just puts out standards and walks away. We want to get adopted. A lot of our work is on the adoption side, working with people. That's a lot of time we spend is not just on building it, but also getting the implementation happening. Because that's where we see, that's why we're here. We're, we wanted to make it happen. We want to make it, you know, to succeed and be and be and get done. So um, that's really it, Olga. It's really just about adoption of the taxonomy and pieces that make everybody's lives better in terms of their products and their services and the software. Yeah, I um we at Parley Pro got involved um, with Sally almost as soon as I joined uh, because contracts has a lot of data, and uh, we found our conversations with every customer to be completely different. And you know, I just looked at my co-founders and I said, there got to be a better way to have these conversations to scale our mm -hmm. business. 
um, and, and, and we all got excited to, when we started talking to Sally. I know you guys have a number of projects um, and, you know, let's talk about contracts because I happen to love contracts, but we're going to talk about all of them because I love them all too, maybe not always equally at the same time, depending what I'm focused. Uh, but let's talk about sort of the, what's happening on the contract side. And then I do want to talk about APIs and bankruptcy and immigration and other things that, that are happening so that are super exciting. Yeah, I, I think that the, the one of the most exciting things that we're doing is the contract side. So to be able to uh, uh, everyone counting things like document type and uh, and uh, clause types, uh, and the beauty is that we've now gotten some of the biggest uh, players in the industry uh, to be able to uh, work on standardizing those document types and clause types. So you can see here, uh, you can see that this is a, a demonstration of Sally. This is using a tool from Stanford called Web Protege. Uh, and so as you say, okay, what are some document types? Uh, you can look at transactional document types. And then you look at agreements, uh, and we've already got a really good list of types of agreements uh, that uh, that are uh, being uh, being counted uh, and tagged. So you have loans, you have licenses, letters of credit, etc. Um, and so uh, we're also uh, in the sandbox working on contractual clauses. Uh, that is, what are uh, act of God clauses, uh, and you know, agency for service clauses, and force majeure clauses. Uh, so we've got a really good list, base list of about 650 of these clause types. Um, and the really exciting project that we're working on right now is to be able to take these clause types and to take these document types and work with some of the biggest luminaries in the industry. That is working from Noah, with Noah Weisberg from Zuva uh, and working with Olga and working with uh, also ContractPod AI, uh, working with Alex Hamilton uh, from Radiant Law um, and a whole bunch of others uh, whose names I'm, I'm uh, forgetting. But we're all essentially going out to be able to standardize. Uh, here are all the standard agreement types uh, and here are all the standard clause types uh, for us to be able to uh, then uh, have interoperability amongst all the contract lifecycle management vendors and all the other folks. Uh, to be able to standardize uh, the way that we describe a document and clauses. You know, by the way, the only reason I'm the member is because you attract all my friends. I figured that if all my, you know, if, if Noah is going to be in the room and Alex is going to be in the room and Jason is going to be in the room, that's got to be a great party. So I'm joining. I mean, that just full disclosure, I'm here for the party. You know, nothing <laughs> attracts a crowd like a crowd. It's a great crowd. Um, I can't do better. Um, I, I love it. Um, Jim, do you want to talk about contracts or uh, would you rather talk well, he about covered it. I mean, really, it's an example of what I was talking about earlier about a new use case. So remember, the LMSS is, the, is really about legal matter data, but the documents and the contracts are the lifeblood of the matter, right? It's the what lawyers mainly work on, which is documents. So getting into the, the depths of that is really just more add-on value to the initial use case I talked about uh, when we first started with. So um, it really exemplifies that. And it's a good one, too, because... You know, Sally, the original Sally use case was um, for a, a, a taxonomy that really had, well, there was no public one. There was no popular you know, taxonomy for areas of law and so forth. This one, though, has meant people have worked on for many years, and we think we can add value by helping to bring together key players, like you mentioned, to say, let's just come up with one for the names of these things that we can agree on, and then we can go build our products. So I think that that's a good example of that uh, value add that Sally's bringing. And I would say that to add on to that, um, there are three types of standards that I think are uh, important to note. Uh, that is, uh, we uh, we are the first type that is metadata tag standards. That is, uh, things like force majeure tag and a merger agreement tag. Uh, those are the tags. Um, that's uh, uh, standard type number one. Uh, but there's also standard type number two, which is content standards. Uh, that is, what is the best language for a force majeure clause in a merger agreement in the agriculture industry, right? Um, those 
those uh, those that content standard is not something that we at uh, uh, Sally are doing. Um, we're merely doing the tags that is force majeure and merger agreement and agriculture industry. Um, merely the tags, uh, the standard language, that's somebody else's job. Uh, and that's largely the contract lifecycle management folks and the others. Uh, but I would say that uh, thing number one of us being able to tag up force majeure clauses in merger agreements, um, that's maybe a, a, a necessary before you get to part two. That is first you have to collect all the force majeure clauses and all of the merger agreements. And then once you do that, then you can run the analyses using AI or otherwise to be able to say, okay, what are the most common uh, force majeure clauses in merger agreements? Uh, and then you get, uh, once because once you tag, then you can collect and figure out what's market in the industry. So I would say that uh, we are yeah. not no, doing, doing content. You're doing important work of collecting and classifying. And then based on that, you can then actually do some number crunching and analysis to figure out what's best under what circumstances. Um, and it could be that, you know, in very narrow circumstances, you see outlier behavior. So this is this is very important work and it's, uh, it's laying ground, uh, a lot of groundwork for, for success of the future. It's a huge, you know, infrastructure is usually a huge investment into the future. And what we're building here is infrastructure. And that's why it's important. Um, I am sadly going to move forward away from contracts. Um, it's it's going to require some disappointment on my part, but for the benefits of others um, and to highlight the work you're doing, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the API group um, and and maybe a few other initiatives that are happening at Sally. Sure. Uh, the API group is one of the most exciting things that I've uh, really I'm excited about, and that um, that really fulfills what we were talking about earlier is allowing clients and law firms and vendors all to interoperate. Uh, the way that generally people interoperate with machines is through APIs. Uh, that is, uh, I I as a user do an API call to a vendor usually, and then that vendor gives an API response. Uh, and the way that uh, Sally is playing into that is that we are, um, as I share my screen we're able to uh, be able to show uh, that uh, if you are looking for an affiliate agreement, uh, for example, uh, as one of the one of the agreements, um, each of the things uh, in our 10,000 things that we're collecting, uh, affiliate agreements is one of those, each of them has a unique identifier that is an IRI. Uh, and so what uh, if you're making an API call saying, hey, vendor, send me all of your affiliate agreements, what you would do is you would do an API call with this unique identifier. Uh, and then the vendor would give you all of their affiliate agreements. Then if you say, okay, now give me all the affiliates uh, agreements with force majeure clauses, uh, you would then send this uh, IRI to be able to say, okay, I want the force majeure clauses, uh, you would send that. Um, and so this is a way for that interoperability to happen. And so we have some of the biggest uh, biggest names in, uh, in legal tech uh, helping build this API protocol. Uh, that is, what are the things that we want to ask for uh, in the API call? And then how do the vendors respond to those API calls uh, in a standardized way? So this is uh, really the future of APIs, we think, is that, uh, that uh, rather than having to say, well, this is a TR API call, which is different than the Lexus API call, which is different than the iManage API call. Um, in the future, uh, we'll be able to say, just do the Sally API call for all of those. Uh, and then you'll be able to get a, a uniform response from all of those folks. I just love it that you eased my pain by referring to some contracts. It just made it a lot better. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> really cool. Uh, Jim, you want to add anything about uh, API project? Because I am really impressed with the work you're doing there. Or would you like yeah. to move forward to I think I want to make one of the points. So um, people talk about what's taking so long uh, building a taxonomy. One of the issues was always software vendors having concerns about giving a proprietary you know, information. I think 
they finally made the realization this is going to benefit them because it's just basic information. It's not anything anything that's you know that that, that is um, critical to their business or their strategy, other than the fact you need it. Um, so um, the hey, fact that, that this that's pretty critical. If you need it, you need it. <laughs> well, you need it, but it's not something you can't. You shouldn't be able to get without much investment, right? You shouldn't. It's not. It's not what you're investing your your, your money into is the, the taxonomy. That as it's like you know basics input. But if we all have the same inputs, then we can all um, worry about more of the products we want to build and, and solving customers' needs. So to me, it exemplifies how the vendors are have finally. Um, come up and realize that that is there is a benefit to this and they need to be on board so that that's really the point i want to make is just it signifies the progress you've made in that front that's right uh, things like, like merger agreement things like uh, breach of contract things like negligence uh none of these are proprietary to any vendor or any law firm uh so the more uh, so jim is right that uh, the vendors are realizing that and that's why they're on board yeah, we have a few more questions, and uh, I do want to talk a little bit about other projects that do not have contracts in them. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit about sort of, um, you know, Sally as a nonprofit and its position and where it's trying to go and how others can help. So let's talk about other projects, um, bankruptcy or immigration or whatever else you guys want to talk about. Sure, I, I can maybe start with the uh, the bankruptcy side. Uh, is that uh, we've we're working with some uh, folks like uh, Nancy uh, Rappaport from uh, UNLV, and then Joe Triano um, of Legal uh, Decoder. Um, they've assembled uh, a who's who of bankruptcy law practitioners. That is the largest law firms in the country, and some of the most renowned bankruptcy judges in the country are working with us on a project to be able to standardize bankruptcy uh, notes, bankruptcy tags. Um, so what what we've done there is to be able to ingest all of the things that are in Pacer. Uh, that is all the things that matter in Pacer. Uh, and then we've also you know, on, built on top of that to be able to say, what are all the things that a bankruptcy lawyer does? Uh, that is to be able to assess value for assets, to be able to figure out who the creditors are and who the debtors are, et cetera. Um, so, uh, so every, all the work where essentially that bankruptcy work is being able to tag up all the things that matter to bankruptcy lawyers and then be vetted by the biggest practitioners in the industry and the best judges in the world. Uh, and then the second is the immigration group. Uh, that is the American Law, Immigration Law Association, AILA. Um, is working with us to be able to do the same thing for immigration law, to be able to say what matters for immigration lawyers, uh, what are H-1B visas uh, matter, uh, a bunch of other documents matter, um, what are the processes that immigration lawyers work with their clients. Um, we're essentially tagging and uh, mapping all of those things uh, for both bankruptcy and immigration. So those are two very exciting things that I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah, and just to give a little more of color on Version two, which came out in March, really also had a, we didn't go into it, a deep dive in litigation. So version one was, like I said, the high level areas of law and basics. Version two included a very, very extensive litigation taxonomy that Damien largely drove. Um, and so these are examples like that of, of practice areas that we're drilling into deep to add, you know, to add uh, into the standard for people that need to have that. Um, and But one thing that we're doing is, Sally, is we're figuring out, well, what's unique to bankruptcy or immigration, what's not? So if they come to us with a, you know, a motion to do something, where to have it, is it general or is it more specific? That's where Sally adds value because we're simplifying all this stuff down, right? We're not, part of the problem we see up until now is there's been over complexity of it all because there has no, is there, there's an organization to it. So um, that's really what we're, we're, we're doing as well is just simplifying it down so that it's much, you can understand it better and it can be used effectively. Yeah, well, both are federal practices, so they should have some commonality. But Damon, go mm -hmm. ahead. 
Yes, uh, and so as I share my screen, the um, the uh, one of the examples to uh, you know because uh, seeing is uh, often uh, uh, just as good as uh, as being able to show. So here's uh, the bankruptcy practice. So for example, here's uh, what do I need to do to analyze assets? I, I do due diligence. I do valuation. I do. You work with financial advisors. I work with non litigation, etc. Um, so these are all things that uh, you know you could think of this almost like a, a task list. Uh, that is, what are all the tasks that I need to both assign to the client and to assign to uh, my associates, et cetera. Um, we're counting all the things that matter in bankruptcy practice and most importantly, throwing that unique identifier on them uh, so that everyone can tag them uniformly. Yeah. Um, I wait, we're sadly coming to the end. Um, I, I have maybe one question. Um, I do want to touch on sort of the nonprofit status, the open sourceness of the work product, um, what, what is the philosophy, how you guys hear yourselves, um, who's going to have access to this? This is clearly might have been started by the group of luminaries, uh, but, you know, to lift something of this size requires an industry-wide effort from all kinds of experts. Some of them have been mentioned and many of them have not. Uh, and this is what I called, this is the kind of project that I would describe as a painting the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, you start, it takes like years. And when you're done, you kind of start all over. Maybe not completely all over. You don't have to rebuild the bridge, but you have to make sure that it's still holding up and it's still uh, current and, and use a state-of-the-art technology and reflect back on the reality where it exists. So what is, what is the view of painting this Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> I, I think that uh, that's a good analogy of the Golden Gate Bridge. And I think that the fact that Sally's a nonprofit and everything that we're doing is free and open source uh, helps make that Golden Gate Bridge uh, happen. Because um, that way, it is not one company pushing a thing. And it is there's not a hurdle of expense to be able to get over to be able to implement it. Uh, it rather, the, it is a nonprofit that is agnostic as to law firm, agnostic as to vendor, agnostic as to uh, client. Um, and so so in that way, everyone can be on board to be able to help paint the Golden Gate Bridge because it is a massive effort to be able to count all the things that matter in the law. Uh, and so that's uh, that's thing number one. Thing number two is that collaboration between vendors and law firms and clients is really important to be able to make sure that we get it right. And so uh, one way that we're doing that is through um, Web Protege, which is the, uh, the what I've been showing off, Sally. That is a uh, collaborative uh, platform where all of the there are about 85 people that have access to that platform. And so as somebody uh, has an aspect of the Golden Gate Bridge that they want to say, hey, uh, we're not yet counting this tag. Uh, should we do this? Um, th then everyone can chime in and say, yeah, that's actually a good idea. We should be able to do this. Um, and so in this way, um, it is uh, truly a, uh, it takes a village to build a, a legal ontology. And so it takes a village to build the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, we are building that village and the nonprofit status and also the free and open aspect of it is really the way that we can do that at scale. It wouldn't work if it were otherwise. Yeah. yeah and I think Damon covered the nonprofit benefit. I mean, just the fact that we're not, we have no allegiance to any one organization or so, you know, that's clear. We're neutral. Um, but in terms of the building of this, you know, a lot of the work you do once and you're done unless the law changes. So it's really about maintenance and adding. So, you know, maintenance is just keeping up with the law. It doesn't change that much. You know, that's not too hard. Um, but adding on is, you know, it takes projects with people and we, we really benefit from getting individuals to help us on those specific projects. Like we mentioned, to help we help drive lead them and, and direct them and have some leg we do some legwork but really it's about sharing the the wealth in terms of the work and 
and getting it done so we can add it in. But again, it's not like we have to build a bridge every five years. That's right. And and, and also one good one, <laughs> and it will right. last us for generations. And and to, to that point of lasting for generations, people have asked, okay, so there is an IRI for merger agreement. Is that ever going to change? Uh, and the answer to that is no, it will not. Uh, it, it will last for generations because that will stay the same. Uh, there might be a child of merger agreement. That is a merger uh, type of merger agreement or many types of merger agreements. Uh, those might be added, uh, but the merger agreement tag itself will never change. Um, so that really helps uh, build stability in the platform where people say, well, should I adopt it? Because it might change tomorrow. The answer is no, it will not change tomorrow. Uh, it will stay the same. Uh, there might yeah. be additions to it, but it will never be. Uh, and it's a good time to bring up another point which is international you know and uh, how, does, how how can other jurisdictions yes a lot of the people involved were originally u.s based uk based but we have found that and we intended this way that it is universal the the, the categories are not specific to jurisdiction they're very general so therefore you know we don't have to worry about building a version of this for every country we're hearing that over and over again people that are saying this works for me in such and such place so that's really um, another uh, very helpful aspect to it that we don't have to worry about that level of you know building for every jurisdiction. But we do want to have tweaks on it, right? We do need to modify and adjust. We've done that for one or two countries, but uh, it's not like we have to build this for every country around the world because the stuff is really the same, frankly, in terms of what we've already built. And a good example of that is that uh, we have real estate assets as this thing that we're counting. Uh, and a group in the UK was going through it and they said, wow, it's uh, you have everything we need, except you don't have pubs. Uh, that is, you don't have public houses. Uh, and so uh, it was easy enough to be able to say, okay, we tweaked it to be able to say, okay, now we've added public houses under hospitality. Uh, that is a thing that the UK needed uh, and uh, we've added that. So, uh, but largely everything was universal. They only needed that one little tweak and Sally was happy to work with them on that. So uh, for anyone who's implementing, please, uh, to the extent that you uh, see something that's missing, uh, tell us and we'll uh, we'll work with you oh i love it you guys are doing such wonderful service i just i'm happy to start my year with you um you're doing a lot of good in the world you're persistent and and you got the builder up and i'm so glad it's going in the right direction so thank you for all your hard work um thank you for sharing all the way all, all the things you're doing all the ways folks can help you um we sadly have to part um and uh, i want to make sure that you know, you maybe uh, have an opportunity to say goodbye and maybe give one takeaway uh, to folks because this we, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, we went deep and wide. We talked all kinds of things for vendors, for uh, law firms, for in-house corporates. We talked about various areas of the law and we even got to international. So we covered the whole world. Um, but maybe if you, we can talk about the one thing so can help you can maybe direct this boulder in the right way, uh, maybe paint the, the Golden Gate Bridge better, whatever they can do, the one thing you can ask them, now is the time to do it. Um, I would say just if come to us if you want help. I mean, we all the time talk to organizations that say, where do I start? What do I do? Well, you know, I don't, I'm confused. It's too much. And that's, that's perfectly normal. And we're glad to Talking through anyone and direct you to the right people and link you up with software vendors or whoever that can help as well. So um, we're it's not like you're all by yourself. We it's not just me and Damien's others too, and the other we can put you in touch with that can help. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I would add add to that that uh, really a lot of the work uh, is just to be able to say what are the things you're already counting as an organization, and then we just map them to what Sally's doing. Jim and I are happy to work with you to do that work. Uh, so to the extent you're interested in saying how how would implementing Sally mean to my organization, please reach out to us, and we're happy to help. And it is free, zero dollars. We are a nonprofit after all. And secondly, um, because we're a nonprofit, we have zero marketing uh, dollars. Uh, so uh, organizations like this, uh, Olga's, uh, Olga's uh, being able to spread the word is really the way that we get implemented. So thanks so much, Olga, for having us on. Uh, that uh, word of mouth is largely the way that we get spread. So thank you for helping spread the good word. Uh, yes. It's the least I can do. You guys are doing all the hard work, and it's my pleasure and honor to support that. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Jim. Um, I think it's a very positive way to start 2023. I am certainly excited, and I would love for you to check out Sally and um, the ways you can be part of this monumental and very important effort, historic effort, and the way we can move this industry forward together. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for stopping by. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Notes to My Legal Self. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Let us know. Self-nominations are encouraged. They are an act of courage. Remember, the future of law is bright. Enjoy your in-house practice. It's an adventure of a lifetime. See you soon.